The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. The title of my message today is Harvest Time. Hallelujah. It definitely is harvest time. I, I cannot think of a more appropriate time to talk about the harvest than when we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I was telling David this morning, I was talking a little bit about my message, and I do get excited over all the messages that the Lord blesses me with because God and I both know that if He doesn't give me anything, I don't get anything. And I wouldn't be up here talking. And some of the message that He gives me uh, takes a little bit longer to get. And when the time gets closer and closer to, it, I'm, to the time when I'm supposed to speak, and I still haven't gotten it. <laughs> I get a little anxious, you know, then you start thinking, well, what can I do? You know, is, do I have another message that will fit? And I've never in the 20 some years never had what's called canned messages. So I pray for a particular message for a particular group. And I know this message here is going to be heard over, over 200 radio stations. And praise God, because of the blessings of the Lord, we now minister on King TV to 182 countries. So we are just really excited about what the Lord is doing in our lives. And like I said, I cannot think of a more appropriate time to talk about the harvest than when we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life for us. Hallelujah. When God gave us his Christmas present in the form of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Saints, without question, our Father gave us a greater gift than we could have ever imagined Amen. or wanted. We have Amen. those that want to celebrate the holidays with no regard to the one who the holiday is about. Amen. Saints, this is the day and age that we live in. We want Christmas, but not the Christ that goes with it. We want, the we want the decorated tree of Christmas, but not the disturbing tree of Calvary. Amen. It seems that Christmas has been attacked from the very conception of the little baby that laid in a manger. Amen. When you get past all the hustle and the bustle of the holidays, and you get past all of the family celebrations, the gifts and the cards and the dinners, Christmas is still, still about that little baby boy that was sent to be the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. What better time than now when this whole world is hurting and in upheaval and in so much pain and so much confusion with so many that have lost their way and don't even know the Lord. There's thousands and millions and millions out there that don't even know the Lord. I believe it's time that we get about doing the Lord's work, the work that he has anointed us to do and start bringing in the harvest. In John chapter 4, verse 32 it says, when the disciples were urging Jesus to eat something, and Jesus explained to his disciples that his nourishment came from doing his Father's work. Saints, my main text for this message today is coming from John chapter 4 and verse 35 in a New Living Translation. In verse 35, Jesus said, You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around the fields are already ripe Amen. for harvest. Amen. Jesus said over 2,000 years ago that the fields were ripe for harvest. Yes, Jesus said the harvest is ready now. Yes. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 15, it says, And another angel came out of the temple, 
calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud. He said, put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. I do not know of a time when it's been riper than it is today. In John 4, verse uh, 36, it says, The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike, the Lord says. He says in verse 37, he said, You know the saying, one plants and another harvest. And he says, and it's true. In verse 38, he says, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to go gather the harvest. There's a lot of people that have come before us that's long gone home to be with the Lord. Some hundreds of years ago, maybe some 10 years ago or 20 years ago, they come in and they, got, they, did, all, they did the work. And now all we have to do is go into field and harvest. It's, it's like a farmer, you know. You tell you, the farmer got, you know, he went out and he planted all of his crops. And, and I'm really familiar with this because I'm the farm girl from North Carolina. And, and so you go out and you plant your crop and, and you get everything ready. You get it all ready to harvest. And then you send somebody, you know, somebody else has gone out there and done the work. Right. They, they went out there, they had to plow the ground, they had to soil, they had to make Amen. the rows, they had to boot everything. And, and now they've got it all grown up and they got somebody in there to do the harvest. Right. And I believe that's what the Lord Jesus is talking about. He said, Hallelujah. somebody's already gone in and done the work. Yes. Now all I want you to do is go pick it. Amen. If it's been corn, go get the corn. Amen. If it's beans, go pick the beans. Yeah. They've Amen. already been planted. They're ripe. They're ready for harvest. That's right. And that's the way it is today. We're ready for harvest. The people are ripe and ready for harvest. I don't care what walk of life you come from, where you're a millionaire or where you don't have, you're living on skid row. Amen. It doesn't matter. The harvest is ready. And I do, maybe some of those people that think they're, uh, they are too educated or too wealthy to want to know the Lord. Amen. They're going to find out that anything that they have doesn't matter. Without salvation, nothing, nothing matters. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you this afternoon that you no longer have to crawl around the fields that have already been harvested, hoping for a little bit, looking for, for scraps. Amen. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of the time when I was young and I was brought up in a small town, as I just said, in North Carolina where we grew many crops. We had many things. But one of those crops that we grew was cotton. And at that time... They had just invented the cotton picking machines, <laughs> machines to harvest the cotton. However, they were fairly new, so most of the time the machines would leave quite a bit of the cotton in the field. Some of you in here may have picked some cotton. I picked a lot of cotton when I was growing up. It wasn't a machine. It was putting a bag, tying a, a, a string around that bag and putting it across your shoulders and getting down on your knees and crawling down the rows and picking the cotton. Until it got so heavy, you had to go empty and come back and start all over again. So I know about picking cotton. And, but I can recall many cold winters after the cotton had been harvested, how my mother and my other brothers and sisters would go back out into the fields to pick what the machines had left behind. In other words, it's scrap for cotton. They call it scrapping. Scrap for what was left so that she'd have enough money to buy supplies the baker for her Christmas bacon, for her gifts. And you may not have given much thought to how hard this was because when the fields were full of cotton, it took a long time to pick a pound of cotton. Oh, wow. Believe me, I know. Amen. 
You know, cotton is light. Yes, it is. And it takes a lot to make a pound. My point is this. No longer, saints, will the Lord allow those that don't love Him to walk into a fertile field and walk out with the best. Are you hearing me? The fields are no longer empty. There will be an abundance. And I capitalize abundance. Are you hearing me? Scraps are turning into abundance. Hallelujah. By the Spirit of God, we shall harvest the fields. The house of the Lord is going to be full. The house of the Lord has not been full for a long time. But by the Spirit of God, the harvest, we're going to harvest the fields and the house is going to be full again. With the help of the Lord, we, we, the warriors of the King of Kings are going to destroy the giants of infirmities and sicknesses and plagues and diseases and harvest the lost. Brothers and sisters, there is a great need for workers. According to Mark 9, verse 35, in the God Word translation, Jesus, it says that Jesus went to all the towns and the villages. He taught in the synagogues and He spread the good news of the kingdom. It also says that He cured every disease and every sickness. Praise the Lord. In verse 36, He says, When He saw the crowds, He felt sorry for them because He said they were troubled and He said they were helpless. He said they were like sheep without a shepherd. In verse 37, it says, And then He said to His disciples, The harvest is large. But the workers are few. In verse 38 in NIV it says, It says, Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now I do this quite often for my loved ones because this is what the Bible says. If if you have a loved one and have not yet accepted the Lord as their Savior, Mm -hmm. this is what you do. You don't pray and ask God to save them. You have to give God's word. You have to do what the word tells you to do. You have to speak the word, do what, speak what he tells you. And so you pray, you pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors across this person's path to minister them. And then you go back when first, uh, second Corinthians 4, 4, where it says that the devil is the one that puts the blinders on the non-believers so they can't see the truth. So you go back in there and you command the devil You command Satan to take those blinders off of those non-believers so they can see the truth and be delivered. That's how you pray for an unsaved soul. You send laborers. And that's what God wants now. He wants to send laborers into the fields to to rescue those and and bring them to Christ before it's too late. You know, I was thinking the other day, I was thinking about... um, and the people, and I thought, well, Lord, there's so many that's dying every day. There's thousands of dying every day. Millions of people are dying every day. Yes. And, and, and so many of those are lost and are going to hell. Jesus. And so we can't worry. We can't wait any longer. Amen. And we can't be concerned about already the ones that are gone. We have no control over that. And right. we don't have control over all of them. But we no. do have control over a lot of them. Yes, we do. And, and so we need to be concerned yes. about yes. the ones that we have the privilege, the opportunity to minister the name of the salvation to, to call in to harvest. It is not going to be easy, brothers and sisters. It's going to be hard work. But we're going to have to be willing to get out there and labor. It's a labor of love. It's a labor that's the most rewarding labor that you'll ever do and pays more than anything that you've ever done. Hallelujah. 
He says that the workers are few. In NIV it says, Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. And that's verse 38. Saints, one thing I learned as the daughter of a farmer is that when the harvest is ripe for picking, you quickly get the workers in the field. You, can't, you cannot wait around or else you lose your whole crop. And there is no taking any time off. Nobody don't plan a vacation right in, right in the middle of harvest time. You can't do that. In Joel chapter 3, verse 13, the New Living Bible says, Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. In wow. verse 14, it says, Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. Hallelujah. God is coming. Jesus is coming back. Yes, he is. He's going to arrive, and there will still be thousands and thousands and thousands yes. that have gone on still here. That not, have not accepted Jesus Amen. as their Lord and Savior. Amen. Today, many people don't believe in a final day of judgment. No, as a matter of fact, today, most people don't believe in much of anything. You just don't really know what people believe in. Right. And you have to be careful even with your conversations these days. Yes, Especially with the political time. Amen. Religion or political. Amen. Because you have to be careful what you say. You know, uh, a friend of mine was telling me that she had two grown ladies fighting out in front of her house after the election. You know, you know it, it, that, that is not going to win anything. It's not to accomplish anything. You know, you can't fight, but you know, you, you don't have that freedom of speech like you used to have. You know, I was sitting in the salon the other day getting my nails done, and I was going to talk to Dante about something, and I realized there's other people around, and I know that he kind of thinks like I do, but I, I, I was concerned. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to chase off his business. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and so I, I didn't even want to ask him what he thought about this or that. Because you don't know who that person is. You don't know what they think. Amen. You know, you, you really can't even consider that you're safe wherever you are anymore. Wow. It's not the world that we know. It's been changing for a long time, yes. but it almost come to is coming to a head. Amen. But I do know that greater is He that's in us Amen. than He that's in this world, Amen. and I do know that our Father is bigger yes, yes. and greater than any Amen. of this stuff that's going on, yes. and He will get the last word. Amen. He yes, will get the last word. Yes, Amen. hallelujah. And that, as He says that. Um, those that don't know the Lord, whatever they do is like foolishness anyway. Amen. Just plumb foolishness. Yes. What, they think they're so smart, yes, not knowing just how foolish they are. Amen. Just foolish, foolish, foolish. Amen. Some even mock the idea, pointing to the many doomsayers who have come and gone with their warnings unfulfilled. Saints, we don't disbelieve in medical science because some doctors are quacks. And neither should we disbelieve in Bible's, Bible's prophecies because false prophets of false prophets in the, in, in the present day. Paul says, yes, Paul warns us in Matthew 7, verse 15. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. And that's really what I feel like. You, you can't really talk openly anymore. You, gotta, you, you pretty much have to whisper. Because like I said, you don't know who that ravenous wolf is. That's true. You don't know who's walking around taking names. No. Amen. You know, the government, you know, has even gotten people reporting people. That's right. 
that don't wear their mask, that don't do this and that and the other, reporting yes. them. Maybe your neighbor. But the Bible tells us that in the end days, that the father would turn against father, a son, son against father, mother against children, children against their mothers. That he says it's going to be that way. So you have to be careful, brothers and sisters, where you go, what you say, and what you do to protect yourselves and to protect your family. It's not, the same. it's not going to always be this way. But it is a time that we're living in right now. And I would recommend no TV, <laughs> no, no news, and no, no news anyway. No news, no news. Because it's, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to destroy you because it's nothing but lies. You, you, you just need to feed on the Word. I would like to declare to you today, in case you didn't know it, that there is a revival spirit that is sweeping over the world today not over just the United States and not just over That's Virginia right. Beach or Chesapeake, Amen. but over the whole wide world. There, there is a revival spirit that's sweeping yes. this whole world. Yes. We are realizing a move of God that He has promised would come, and we must act now Amen. if we're going to see revival and harvest in our generation. Amen. We're going to have to act now. The battles of history were fought and won because men and women were ready and willing to work. And, and we are in a crucial, and we are in crucial times now, Amen. brothers and sisters. Words, words such as quit or concede should never be in our vocabulary. Amen. Never. Those words should never be on our lips. Amen. But our battle cry should be carpe diem, Latin meaning seize the day. Seize the day. Saints, I don't know when the need for revival has been greater than today, Amen. right now. Amen. There is a need for urgency. Yes, Jesus said the fields are already ripe for harvest. Amen. And if we're going to have a revival in the midst of this satanic attack on God's people, then we're going to have to strike while the iron is hot. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. The iron is hot. It's not going to get any hotter. Amen. So if we're going to win this battle, we're going to have to hit while the iron is hot. Amen. I hope you're hearing me. Amen. Because it could be in a month or next week that you're not allowed to do that. Amen. You don't know. You don't know what you're going to wake up to tomorrow. Amen. Who would have ever guessed last that we would have a year like we've had this year? When you were celebrating, or when I was here last Christmas, December, preaching the Word and celebrating Christ, and people were being healed. As a matter of fact, I was telling uh, Brother Jesse that one of the ladies I prayed for here last year gave her testimony at my conference and brought along her doctor's report, documented that she was totally healed from head to toe of everything that she had. Give glory to God. Glory to God. How did we know that this year is going to be different? I don't know how you're celebrating. Our Thanksgiving was not the same. As a matter of fact, uh, David came down with COVID. And so we were out for a week, about a couple of weeks or so. But I'm so thankful that I was negative. All my family, just a few of my family was there, but they also tested negative. I'm so thankful to the, to the good Lord. And this Christmas, we're going to have to do it in threes, you know, three different times to break. The, it's all family, but just have to break it up. Things are not the same. 
I don't know if they'll ever be the way they were before. Maybe they don't need to go back the way they were. Maybe we've been too placid. Maybe we've been too relaxed. Maybe we've been taking too much for granted. Maybe we just don't know how much God has blessed us. And maybe we just take it for granted every day when we wake up that the sun's going to shine and everything's going to be all right. But it ain't going to be all right. It'll never be all right until Jesus comes. That's right. Amen. So we need to be praying, as he said, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, the word says the time's coming when you're going to be praying that the days that he's going to come and the days are going to be shortened because if, days, if he don't shorten the days, you won't make it, he says. Amen. And we're headed that way. But I do believe with all my heart that things are not going to turn out the way they appear to be. God always has a plan. Yes, and I do know that whatever happens, God will get the glory. Yes, he will always do it to where he gets the glory when it looks like there is no way. Even when Jehoshaphat and all the armies was coming against him yes. in, in 2 Kings, they were coming against him. He went and he, he got down on his knees and he prayed. Yes, he did. And God sent him a prophet and told him what to do. He didn't tell him to get his sword. He said, get your prayer team. Get your praise team. Yes, and so they got out and they started praising him. Yes. And when they started praising him, God told them, this is not your battle. Wow. This is not our battle either. Amen. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He changes not. The Bible says he, ne he never changes. And Malachi he says, I change not. No. So the same God then with David and Joshua and and Jehoshaphat, all of them are still the same. But they went in, they marched, worshiping the Lord and giving praise to the Lord. And God Himself brought confusion on the armies and they came against each other and killed each other. And it took them three days just to take the spoils. We're serving that God right now. And if we will stay faithful and if we'll get about His work, Get serious about His work. Just get serious about His Amen. work and bring it in the sheaves, bring it in the lost. Yes. Then God is going to be here to bless us yes. and you're not going to have to do it on your own because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in us Amen. and He's going to be there to guide and direct your every step. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, He said, To trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into your own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all your ways and He will direct your path. So when you acknowledge Him Amen. in the little things, the big things, and in all things, yes, yes. and not lean on your own understanding, not try to figure Thank it out you. for yourself. Amen. You can't figure it out for yourself. Hallelujah. You don't know His ways. Amen. His ways are higher than our ways according to Isaiah 55, 11. Amen. They're not the same. Amen. But I also know what He said about His Word. Yes. He said, I send forth my Word and it'll go where I send it. It'll prosper that thing for which to I send it. And it shall not return unto me void. In other words, if I send it out for finances or healing or whatever I send it for, it's going to do it before it comes back. It ain't coming back till it's accomplished what you send it out to do. Are you hearing me? Praise God. That ain't in my notes. But the Holy Spirit, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit speaks through me. He writes through me. He speaks Amen. through me. And I'm so thankful that He does because you wouldn't want me to be up here otherwise, I'm telling you. I can't sing, but I couldn't preach either. It is my desire, and I pray that it's also your desire to reach out to the lost and the hurting. Yes. There are so many that don't know the Lord, as I said before. Amen. 
The Bible says in Matthew 9, verse 36, that when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. There's so many wandering around in the whole world today. Amen. Like a sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. They don't even know which way to go. Amen. And, number, and, and, and one, of the, one of the hardest things for me is to hear pastors that say they're, quote, pastors Jesus. or teachers of the word yes. that are teaching falsehood right. and, and not teaching the truth of God's Amen. word. And so these people thinking that they know the Lord, know they're being, think they're Christians, don't, aren't. Amen. And, and that's just as bad. Yes, it may be worse. Yes, it is. It's worse because they really think they are getting the truth that's right. when they're not getting the truth right. at all. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You know, they, they're even in, you know, in some of the churches now, they've made them take every song out of the hymn books that has any uh, relations to the word blood. There's preachers in, in, in mega churches that are teaching that Jesus was illegitimate. Illegitimate. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Jesus was born a divine birth. With Mary by the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you that if, if what they were saying was true, which we know it's not, but if it was true, you'd be lost. His blood would be no different than your blood. Think about that. His blood would be no different. But His blood is what saved us. Amen. It was His shed blood at Calvary yes. on the cross that yes. saved us. Amen. But people are teaching these things. Jesus. And they're, they're worse than what you call tickle your ear messages. They're death, they're death messages. Amen. They're death Amen. messages. It says in Numbers 27, verse 17 in the English Standard Version, it says, Who shall go out before them and come in before them? Who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd? Saints, it will not be an easy battle, as I've said before. For I believe we're going to run into obstacles. We're going to run into many obstacles. And, we pro and I don't know who we're going to have to fight and what we're going to have to fight and how many permits and anything we've got to do. But I know God will make a way. Yes, he always makes a way where there seems to be no way, and He'll make a way when you have a pure heart and the work that you're doing is for Him. Amen. He will make a way, that, that I know. The Lord spoke through the mouth of His prophets to declare the workings of His Spirit in a day that He would take out the stony heart of man and put in a heart of flesh. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Ezekiel 36, verse 26 in the Berean Bible, it says, I will give you a new heart. Yes. And put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Hallelujah. And the moment that you confess the Lord Jesus as your Savior, that's what he did. Yes. He took out your stony heart. You probably thought you had a good heart. I thought I had a good heart. But you don't have a good heart. You have a stony heart. But Jesus gave us a new heart. He gave us a new heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. In verse 27, it says, I will put my spirit within you and calls you to walk in my statues and to carefully observe my ordinances. And he did. He filled us with his Holy Spirit. If we would think about that sometimes, that the Spirit of God himself lives on the inside of us, that that very same power, when God took that power to raise Jesus up from the grave, 
that same power, according to Romans 8, I think it's 8, 11, that same power is yes. in us, in me, Amen. in you. If you've accepted Jesus, the same power that raised him up from the grave lives inside of you. Amen. And people don't think they have any power. That's right. That's the truth. You got power. Yes, Amen. You have authority. You have authority to, to crawl, as according to Luke 10, 19, he's Amen. given you the power and the authority to tread upon the scorpions yes, and the snakes right. and to put your enemy under your feet. Amen. And he said, no harm will come near you. Amen. But, and he says, but don't boast in the fact That's that right. the spirits are subject to you, right. but boast in the fact that your name is listed in the Lamb's Amen. book of life. Amen. That's what yes. you want. But you know, the Lord keeps pointing that out to me. He said, you, you need to go back a bit. I said, okay. He said, don't be, be concerned that the, all the, the spirits are subject to you. That's right. And I said, okay. That means every spirit. Amen. Every evil spirit, where it's a spirit of jealousy, a spirit of uh, depression, a, a, a spirit of whatever kind, you know, whatever kind of spirit, any evil spirit, yes. spirit of uh, unforgiveness, yes. a spirit of strife, spirit of any kind that's evil that's not of the Lord, you have the authority over it. It is, sub, it is subject to you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, that spirit has got to go. It's got to move. And I, and I, 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 teach, I preach that and I teach it and I practice it. <laughs> got to practice what you preach. Like I said, we're living in a time when many are trying to remove God from everything. A time when they call good evil and evil good. Amen. In Isaiah 5 verse 20 in English Standard Version, it says, Woe to those who call evil good Amen. and good evil, yes. who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Yes. He said, Woe. In other words, he's saying, Look out. That's right. Look out. You know, Amen. so many things today I, I, I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. And, and of course, I didn't think about it before I became a Christian. And I was a late bloomer, they might say. But I never quite understood that. Um, I do, you know, you understand it more and more every day. Yes, yes. And since I've been a Christian, I understand it. But especially even probably in the last several years, you see it more and more and more. Yes. How they call an evil good and good evil. Yes. You know, Amen. whether it comes with abortions or the homosexualities or whatever. I picked up a Christmas card. I was looking for a Christmas card for David the other day and I picked it up and I thought, well, this looked nice. And then I was, I don't think I want that one. It says, you know, something about how, 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 how um, something about how it was to be married to another woman. Jesus. Christmas cards, you know. You know, it, it's, it's like at one time, you know, it's always been there. That's why It's always been there, but there was hiding. It, they, they weren't proud of it. That's right. That's they weren't boasting about right. it. Amen. They were ashamed of it. Yes, they were. And most of them want to do something about it. Yes. But it's been so accepted. You know, gradually they put it into TV, into programs a little bit at the time, kind of yes. like that uh, scenario about the frog in the hot water. I'm sure you've heard that. You know, you put the frog in the cold water, he'll boil it to kill him. But if you put him in hot water, he's going to jump out. Right. Well, they use that same theory on TV. They'll, they start adding a little bit, a little bit into those family series and a little bit in there and that. And what they're doing, that's why they call TV programs, because they're programming you. Amen. They're programming you to think like they think yes. and, and to the way the world thinks. 
And our, what's so sad is so many of our young people, and some of the older ones too, but especially our young people, are buying into this. Yes, they are. They're yes, buying they are. into that. They think it's normal. Yes, they it ain't normal. Anything that goes against the Word of God here is not normal. Amen. As a matter of fact, God Amen. said in His Word, He says, it's an abomination. Right. God said, it's an abomination. Amen. Hallelujah. There are three dimensions of Christ's command to go, according to Luke 14, verses 15 through 24. I'm not going to read all of those. But there were three classes of people that are mentioned in this text here. The first class were sent a personal invitation to come. They were the privileged ones. They were the elite yes. ones. But they all made excuses why they couldn't come. Yes, they then the second class was given the invitation, go into the lanes of the city, bring the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. But even that was not good enough, the Bible says, they went to the rejects of the society. Amen. They went to the rejects. But now they were sent to not merely extend to them the invitation. Because the master of the house said, Go out into the highways and the hedges and the byways and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. And that's what we want to do with these revivals. We want to go into the byways and the hedges and wherever it is we have to go and get the people to come in so God's house can be full. And let's read Luke's version of the parable. In Luke 14 and 15, the New Living Bible says, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Amen. In verse 6, Jesus replied with this story. He said, A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guest, Come, the banquet is ready. And verse 18 says, But they all began making excuses. And according, according to my study Bible, none of these uh, were uh, genuine excuses. And I, don't, I knew I wouldn't have time to go into all those, but they were not genuine excuses. Right. In that time period, it was a custom to send two invitations. The first required a response. The second invitation informed those that had responded that the banquet was ready. Apparently, these guests had accepted the first invitation but changed their minds when the second invitation was given. And it says in verse 21 that the servant returned and told his master what they had said, and his master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. That's what we want to do. As a matter of fact, I want him to add that into my promo because our, our intentions is to have our first tent revival the 15th of March. And verse 22 said, After the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. And verse 24, he said, For none of those that I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Not, not one of them will get even a taste. of it. In other words, we know what's going to happen to them. I've come to persuade you tonight, this afternoon, mm -hmm. to let's take another look at the destiny, at destiny and recognize one thing. Saints, if we're going to have a revival, it's got to be now. Amen. I capitalize now, now, now. All it's right. time to have a revival and we've got to have it. And we've got to have it. When? Amen. Now. The harvest is ready now. As a matter of fact, repeat after me. The harvest is ready now. The harvest is ready now. Not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Today, now. Today. 
The day is the day of salvation. Praise God. And as long as we put it off, it's not going to happen. The Lord put it in my spirit about a year ago, and then I just kind of let it slide. He does that sometimes. He'll drop something, and he'll come back and drop it again. And, but then when he gets really wanting it, he drops a little there, really strong, and he put it in David's spirit. He said, well, if she won't listen, I'll put it in his spirit. And so when he put it in his spirit, I, you know, I pray a lot that when the Lord puts something in my spirit that he wants me to do, that he will give David that same revelation. Amen. So we, we work together as a team. Right. And so I think that's what he did. He put it in David's and then, then he reminded me Praise because he actually he had a few weeks prior to that when David mentioned it. And then I said, Okay. I said, uh, what are you thinking about? Maybe uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? He said, no, a week. So we're thinking to start on Monday, go through Sunday. To, we figured maybe go from 10 to 1, break, and to come back at 6.30, two, two meetings a day. So anyway, we got a lot of work ahead of us. <laughs> you know, the preachers and worship leaders and it's got a lot of work ahead of us, but we can do it. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Praise the Lord. Our Father is waiting for His house to be filled. And He's waiting for us to get about His work and to take it serious. We've been, we've been sitting on a you-know-what too long. Let me clarify it with this statement. I don't believe that the church is going to have to tarry for it like they did on the day of Pentecost. Because they were waiting for the promised it was inaugural outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The difference is that we've got to put that three-letter word back into our vocabulary. In other words, we got to draw the line and say, now, Amen. it's going to happen now. now, it's going to happen now, it's going to happen yeah. right now. Amen. We need to have a spirit of expectancy and anticipation and assurance and a certainty. That Almighty God is about to do an explosive act of divine anointing in this hour, and it's going to happen now. Amen. In closing, let me say this. It's time for spiritual productivity. In Amen. other words, it's time for action. Amen. I declare unto you that it's time to get down to business with God, and there's going to be a cleansing of the temple of God. When, there's going to be a cleansing. Amen. A lot of the churches, a lot of the people, it's going to be a cleansing. Yes, it is. going to be a cleansing. And the one thing that Almighty God is looking for in this hour is productivity in the kingdom. Amen. He's, he's waiting for action. He's waiting for people to take Him at His word and to yes. believe that what He says is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. As a matter of fact, they even tried to have taken that out of the court. You know, you go to swear in now, they're afraid they might offend somebody. But it's always been to swear on the Bible and tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Because God's word is the only thing that is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So do they want the truth there? No. If they wanted the truth there, they wouldn't take it out. They want to create what they think is their world. But I watched a movie the other night where this man was translated. It was a Christmas movie. It was nothing bad. It's just that he fell asleep from 1903 and woke up in 2020. Wow. You can imagine the difference. I told David all day, I said, uh, you know, I didn't think about it. I said, but coming from 1903 to now, I said, it's like waking up in Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Because that's the, that's the world we live in. If you read the Bible, it's Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. I don't know if it's any worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Probably might be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Because at least in Sodom and Gomorrah, they weren't killing all their babies. Millions and millions and millions. 61 million. Can you imagine? 61 million. Maybe more than that now. Hallelujah. God is not concerned with how well I preach or how well anyone preaches for that matter as he is with how, how good the results are in the vineyard. He's concerned about the vineyard. The vineyard. It's time for an old-fashioned, tongue-talking, owl-running, devil-chasing, and sin erasing, resurrecting Holy Ghost revival. Amen. You agree with that? Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. Too long we've been caught up in the fearsome and intimidating mindset of what others are doing and what others think. Amen. And I've been guilty of that. I have not always allowed the Holy Spirit to work through me. He works through me, but sometimes not as much as He would like to because you're always concerned about what somebody's going to think. Yes. What somebody, what, what somebody might say or what somebody might think. But I've made the decision that whatever he wants to give me to preach, whatever he wants to speak through me, I'm going to speak it. If the people get up and leave, that's fine. If they, if they don't ask me back, that's okay. But you're going to do what God asks you to do. If they refuse to come, so be it. If they don't want it, so be it. But we're going to keep looking. We're going to keep asking, and we're going to keep on searching, and we're going to keep on knocking. Because if we keep asking, there's going to come an answer. If we keep searching, we're going to find it if we keep on knocking. It's going to come, it's going to come open to us if we just keep on knocking. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, it's time for revival. Revival. It's time. It's time for revival. Father God, I just thank you so much for this word tonight. I thank you, Father. I'm so excited to deliver this message tonight. And Father, I just thank you that this message did not fall on deaf ears. I thank you, Father, that the harvest is ready, the harvest is ripe, and the people are ready. I thank you, Father, for all those that are listening that's in earshot of my voice in here and online, wherever they're listening. Father God, I pray that they'll have a new awakening. I pray that the message they heard today will wake them up, that this message will excite them and make them excited to go into the byways and, and wherever they have to go into the alleyways or wherever they have to go and compel the ones that are lost to come in and begin to minister to the lost so that they don't have to suffer. They don't have to suffer. We don't have to go beat them over the head with the Bible, Lord. That is not the way we minister. We minister through love. We minister by being good witnesses. When we're good witnesses, the people, they want what you have. So we just want to be good witnesses for you, Lord, so that people will be attracted to you. We don't want to do anything that will repel them to, to run away from you because, Lord, you said in your word that it's easier to win over a city than a man that's been offended. So, Lord, we don't want to offend anyone, but we also don't want to be afraid to speak up for you Amen. and to be serious Amen. and get about your work either, Lord. So I pray, Lord, for the wisdom, the wisdom. Yes. You said, Father God, that if any man like wisdom, have him ask of you who gives yes. liberally and yes. upbraideth not. So, Father, we ask you tonight for the wisdom and the grace and the discernment to discern through that small, that thin line there, yes. 
that we will do it the right way, that yes. we won't offend anyone, but we won't be afraid either to speak up Amen. and do, praise God, what you've asked us yes. to do. And Father, again, I just thank you, thank you for this church. I thank you for all those that are listening. I pray a special blessing and protection over each and every one of them, Father. I pray, Father God, that the blinders, that they, if they've had blinders on their eyes, I pray that those blinders will come off their eyes, Lord, that they will be awakened, awakened to the truth and know that it's time to wake up and shake it off and get busy. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen and amen.